from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> How are you now? Hey now. <laughs> Episode 121. <gasps> what? No. 121. 121. That's a lot. 121. And uh, we have a special treat. We're not sure if this is going to be one episode or two episodes. We're going to figure that out. See what we have. But um, we, have, la- we have two guests and we're going to wait for them to duke it out in the corner. They're, they're like well, one of them. Mark's got, Mark's got a longer resume. Mark but has he has a, a sword. Big, he's got a bum foot. Oh, that's true. So and Jim's taller, so he's a little more spry. He's got reach. He's got reach. So Larry's Larry's not Larry's going to take offense to this, but uh, <laughs> there's something new. Wow! So thank you. We have uh, the. <sighs> let me English get my Pete. let me get my pen. English Pete. We have Sir Knight Mark G. Mattern, Right Eminent Grand Commander of the Grand Commandery of Knights Templar of Pennsylvania. Masonic jurisdictions there in two belongings. I was going to say it. Damn it. He was our scheduled guest. And then um, Larry's feral. He does what he wants. No, this, so, is, my, this is my fault. This well, it's is not totally a fault. fault. We have another a longtime contributor and patron. I know, but I told him to come on the show, and we talked about it, and then I like, forgot to tell you guys about it. <laughs> <laughs> totally, and I got, totally and I got my blamed for and it you as bl- usual. Be- because it's so easy to blame you, Larry. Right. One show I messed up. That's One it. show, and yeah, it's like four one. years of this. Yeah. And so we have Brother Jim Stevens, Senior Warden of Lodge 43. Ta-da. That is correct. And um, President of the Lancaster Masonic Center? No. <laughs> no. Notice how quickly he uh, ran yeah, from that. Yeah, exactly. No, you dodged those. those oh, you were appointed when I was the Masonic Center. I'm not on the board at all. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I was never seated, so it He's doesn't a count. Better bullet dodger than you. Oh. Now we, we are in the same line in Reading together. That's true. The although I've never seen you at one of the meetings. Oh, 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 wow. oh man. Well, That's it's because hurt. I am scribe for the dysfunctional Lancaster Tall Cedars. However, That's a full-time job. However, they have all been put on notice that when there's a conflict with the Valley of Reading going forward, I'm going to have to be a 32nd degree Freemason first because they kind of like want you to sell your soul, and they be the preeminent Masonic group that you're involved in when you're in the line. So anyway, uh, we're going to go around the room real quick, talk about... Josh, the, what, cue the violin music, will you? What people have been up to. Uh, we'll start with Timmy. Tim Air. Tim All right. Well, since our last podcast recording, um, actually uh, participated in a Masonic funeral. Um, you look good. Yeah, actually. Uh, thank you. 
<laughs> He's well rested now. Well rested. Um, actually, the big event, uh, I think uh, several of us may talk about this event, but we were uh, visiting uh, the Shrewsbury Car Show down in New Freedom, Pennsylvania, Ooh. which if you're not sure where that is, drive down I-83 to get to the Maryland border and back up about 500 yards. And the area generally doesn't know about the Civil War being over. No, they've, the word's still not gotten there, I don't think. Um, <laughs> but... Um, Anyway, I had a great time. Well, they don't uh, declare a victor. That's yeah. the difference. Well, there you yeah. go. Um, we, had, uh, we had a great time there. Uh, we uh, shacked up with H- Hireman Solomon cigars. Um, that are, They shacked up with us. They actually did. You're right. They, th- we had a better location. But it was a very good shack up. Yes, it was. <laughs> Who is this attractive woman I see smoking cigars? Well, that would be well, Mrs. Hireman Solomon. Oh. Uh, there were two of them there that day, though. But anyway, we, are, we were very uh, glad to have them with us that day, as well as all the brethren from Shrewsbury Lodge. They did a fantastic job on this car show. Uh, it had rained for probably three or four days leading up to that, so they were really nervous about uh, guys bringing their nice cars out. Uh, but it turned out to be a great day. It was overcast, so the temperature remained cool. But, uh, and we did some live feeds on the podcast Facebook uh, page and uh, if you haven't seen those yet you can go back onto our Facebook page and see those but they had in the neighborhood of 120 cars um, that came down some beautiful some cars beautiful oh my. cars absolutely so uh, congrats to the Shrewsbury Lodge uh, on that great event my understanding is they had like 25 brethren from the lodge that were actively involved in carrying out that uh, activity um, great which, project which is a great project for them so congrats to them um, let's see, what else Masonically? Uh, on actually the Friday prior to that, actually was at the Valley of Harrisburg uh, a, a installation of officers uh, where our guest tonight uh, in, helped, in, I guess, it, uh, in, his successor was installed. So um, he, I'm sure he was yep. thankful to have uh, that year done uh, as he assumed the lead in the one he's going to talk about tonight. Uh, and then really for the last week or so, uh, all of my time has been spent uh, in prepping and conducting training for uh, lodge secretaries, treasurers, and their assistants uh, around a new database that's going into effect here in Pennsylvania called Grandview. Um, over the last two nights, we've had 56 total folks online to go through that training and we've got another one tomorrow and so it, over the next 55 weeks, of them got it right well yeah i mean and we recorded it so they they'll be able to go back and hopefully watch it if what's the over under on crash date for that system by the way? uh well it, it you know actually as ha- having been part of the test uh, piece of this let me just say that they are trying to get all the crash dummies out of the vehicle prior to august 2nd which will be the official launch date of this. I can tell you, Senior Warden, I am desperately looking forward to being able to get somebody's phone number when I need to call them. Well, uh, Out of a system somewhere. Yes, well, and I think you will be pleasantly pleased when you get to see it. Um, it's, it's a lot more intuitive than Salesforce is. And uh, for the average person who normally doesn't interact with these type of things, they'll see a huge uh, betterment of their experience with this. So um, that's kind of been it for me. Um, Jack, how about you? Well, Saturday last, we had a candidate 
who is being deployed overseas. He actually happens to be the son of the Worshipful Master, uh, and we got a dispensation to do all three of his Masonic degrees on Saturday. And I had the absolute distinct honor of conferring his third degree. And I, uh, the, I was really proud of the guys in the lodge. They did a great job on all three degrees. We had uh, a past master who is his guide for all three. And it just it went very well. And it was, it was a really good day for Freemasonry. And it's one of those things, and, and, and whoever's listening, if you have a son who is coming of age to, to join the fraternity, this was so meaningful to the worshipful master of Ephrata Lodge. He, would, he, he literally could not speak to close the lodge. He was so, he was so moved. It was so emotional for him, and it was, it was just a beautiful thing to see. And it happened on Father's Day weekend. So slam dunk, best Father's Day gift he ever could have gotten. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, and then last night I went to um, observe uh, another third degree for a candidate that I've been mentoring, and it it went really well. It was uh, a- a- Abraham C. Treichler Lodge, which is meets in Elizabethtown. They are actually just finishing up meeting somewhere else because they couldn't meet at the Masonic Villages. Um, but they, uh, they're meeting in Middletown, Pennsylvania. And uh, it, uh, they did two candidates simultaneously. It's kind of like they did for the District 1 thing where you had 11 candidates all getting the same degree at the same time. They did the same thing for two third degrees, and it was it was really remarkably well done. It it came off well. And in general, I'm not a fan of that kind of thing, but it was done well. Each candidate got a whole degree. They just happened to get it at the same time the other guy was getting the whole degree, so it it worked, and it was uh, it was it was well done, and the guys did good work. And so that's uh, that's been my last couple of weeks. You reminded me one. I need to insert an addendum here because last Saturday. Uh, Eureka Westshore Lodge did a trip to the Grand Lodge and where we conferred a third degree. Mm. And the story you gave actually is what reminded me of it because uh, several months ago we had a father who's a past master of a different lodge whose two sons live about equal distance from our lodge as he does to our lodge. And they became very interested in the fraternity. And so the sons are joining my lodge and they're going to come and meet their uh, for our meetings and stuff so that they can kind of share the Masonic journey. That would be like a Masonic triangle. Yes, it would. Ooh. Um, he was their guide in each of their first two degrees. And for the older son, we had previously conferred that third degree. For the, for the one we did last week at the uh, Grand Lodge, the older brother who had just gotten his third degree guided his younger brother. Nice, nice. And so that was really cool. And, and literally in a month's period of time, uh, he learned the guide part for that and did a fabulous job and it was outstanding. So The liquor store is stirring upstairs. <laughs> stirring upstairs. There's all kinds of noise. All right. Well, let's uh, go to Mark. Mark, tell us what you've been up to, Masonic. <laughs> Holy hell. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark, have you slept in your house the past week? Oh, yeah. Well... You've been driving back and forth. Night. What are you talking about? Just doing some naps in between there, but just traveling <laughs> like crazy across the state. Name some of the highlights of uh, Metropolis-i. Metropoli? Metropoli. That you've been to. Been up to Williamsport, uh, out, <sighs> out to Pittsburgh to Duquesne Commandery, uh, Altoona for Mountain <sighs> Commandery. 
the really big one, Pottstown to Nativity Commandery. Ooh. Wow. That that you know that's an adventure there. So. And not Pottsville where there's the Yangling. This is Pottstown where there's a river. Where the, the other pot. <laughs> the other pot. That's it. Uh, Jim Stevens, what have you been up to Masonically? Well, the life of a senior warden is always busy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, we've got we've got twenty some odd candidates currently in in some part of the pipeline to receive degrees. So between trying to get guides and conferring masters and everything else to go, that keeps you busy. Uh, I'm currently stuck in that never never land of. I'm supposed to put in a plan and a budget for next year, but not actually supposed to acknowledge that that you know, you'd be running for worship master or somebody else might be doing a thing. So you're supposed to have conversations, but not have conversations. So I'm, I'm working on that. It's a secret, and uh, you know that's due the end of July. But the main the main thing I do almost on a daily basis at this point is I've been reviewing uh, level two HGA essays for the Northern Masonic Jurisdiction. Uh, I've been helping them kind of manage that group of reviewers. We've got seven or so reviewers at this point, and uh, uh, it's they're, they're, the HGA is doing some amazing work. I mean, the, the essays that are coming in are phenomenal, um, but uh, that's almost a da- daily function at this point to review essays. So let, for those that don't know, HGA. Hot Scrout Economy. From the Which means econ- in English. Economy, yeah. The, the economy. Great, economy. Economy. Great is words. that with an O? Yes. Okay. Uh, Northern Masonic Jurisdiction's uh, academic program. So the level one, they 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 read and and answer a test on each of the the degrees, and then level two, they write an essay on uh, nine essays on their uh, degrees that they want to ch- write on, and then level three is a, a full fledged research paper, academic level research paper. Larry, have you done anything? Uh. He got out of bed. Yeah, actually, he I took have. notes. And I he have has notes. notes like Tim. <laughs> but I'm unlo- trying but to set unlike, a high bar here. But now unlike the- Tim, I won't remember this when I walk out of here. <laughs> the, the, the font on that phone is so big, I can read it from over here. <laughs> he attended the Shrewsbury Lodge Auto Show in New Freedom. And I wanted to mention when we did the live stream, we had over 300 people that were following us around the show, asking questions or making comments. It was amazing. That's really sad. It was really it's sad, really, wasn't it? It's really <laughs> sad. It was Saturday, Saturday. You guys have nothing better to do. <laughs> Go mow the lawn. Go some gridiron again. Send us some content if, you, if you've got time. Yeah. Uh, grotto picnic at the Steffi Ranch. Awesome. Was very good. Was a good time. Okay, Jack has an excuse. He was doing degrees. Jim? I was in the Grand Lodge. I was at Search and Rescue. Mark? I have no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, probably no trying to catch up on sleep. Hey, you want notes? Josh, <laughs> Josh, we haven't seen you at Grotto since you got in. Where have you been? Uh, the, actually, the only thing I went to was the officer installation at John Wright Restaurant. That's the only meeting I've been to, I think. In December, or whenever yeah, it was, in, was actually held. Like, Two Decembers ago, right? Well, thank you for your no. monetary support. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, keep going. I, I didn't want to get you off track. Yeah. Members, yeah. members versus donors. Looking forward to that. And I have been involved in a lot of Masonic committees with different bodies. So I have been doing a lot, but I don't really Remember need to go was. into detail about that. Well, I went to uh, Steffi's Neverland Ranch, and uh, a good time was had by few. Um Food's always excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, 
There's always a good collection of adult beverages there that different people bring. Um, what else? Just we had to cancel uh, tall cedars because everybody had a conflict. And I don't know. That's that's it. I think my petition was read to rejoin Lamberton. I don't know what happened. We'll find out. Josh, what's the status of my petition? <laughs> there were were several objections. <laughs> no, there were no objections. It was. Uh, yeah. Well, they've still got time. Yeah. <laughs> Can we write in? To that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. We take write-ins. I'm not a member. No idea. I'll write in. All right. What do you got going on there, Josh? Uh, the only thing is there still a Lamberton Lodge? There is. Uh, okay. The only thing that I actually did was uh, I did actually attend a uh, district deputy visitation after missing Ephrata's uh, visitation. Uh, I drove the whole way up to Lebanon Lodge or uh, Mount Olivet Lodge, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. It was either Mount Olivet or <coughs> Le- Mount Lebanon. Is that the other one? Same okay. building. Okay. Do you, do you know the worst joke ever? What's that? Do you know what happened when the Pope went to Mount, Mount Olivet? Popeye kicked his butt. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right, come on. That's a clean oh, job. Oh, oh, we're going to... Oh. But yeah, I, I so went up to that. That's the kind uh, of joke I would tell. Yeah, but that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, uh, it was a good evening. Uh, a guy got his uh, 75-year pin and... Uh, like, gave the most excellent speech, like, several times throughout the meeting. <laughs> uh, but it was great. It really was. Every uh, time. It was very that's entertaining. Awesome. Very entertaining. Um, but yeah, that's it. I'll be lucky to get 25. All right, let's take, after the show, Josh can tell us really what he thought. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back. Uh, where's my pen? We're going to talk to, I don't have my glasses on. We're going to talk to Mark Mattern, uh, <laughs> Grand Commander of Knights Templar of Pennsylvania. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. to visit for a brief period with the sovereign grand commander of what, what are you now sovereign no sir 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 knight sir mark knight. g mattern regular guy in command right, of guy uh, i don't know what this pen says but i thank you for this <laughs> you are the president of the pen club of the uh, Grand Commandery. So uh, tell us about the Pen Club. That's that's the most important thing. There's not a lot to tell about the Pen Club. Oh, come on it, now. It's just something. We've it, got an hour to fill. Let's go. Hey, you know, it, all the Grand Commanders before me had pens, so I figured I needed to have one too. So 
Nice. You know, follow the line. Clean and simple. Everybody Thanks. needs to have something to write with. So, well, let's introduce him properly. Okay. Past monarch of Ubar Grotto. There Mark you Mattern. go. Yeah. Thank you. Most important Thank title of all. You have a little uh, little side project, a little club you're in called Commandery. Yep, just a small one. Could you just tell us a little bit about uh, the Knights Templar? What would you like to know? Uh, tell, t- pretend so, we're all new, fresh masons so, out of the box, and we don't know about Commandery. Tell us a little bit about Commandery. So, Commandery is something that every Christian mason should be part of. Um, but it's not only Christian Masons. It's a, it can be a belief in the Christian values. Um, I've been telling people recently, look, you, you could take a word off of that and just say values that we have, and they're just good life values. And that's what we all need is, nowadays and the world needs is just some good values to try and live by and raise our kids by and, and trying to to get along and respect each other instead of fighting across lines and uh, just making this world a miserable place. We need to start turning it around, uh, make it a neighborly place again where uh, people want to get along. And how is that react? How is that? <laughs> how are you guys How's doing that? that? Out for you? I, yeah. I know you have funny hats. <laughs> They're not funny. They're great. They're <laughs> They're, they're no funnier than what we had in Grotto, so... Um, it's more feathers. That was a noble fez. It's just like any other... It's like every other Masonic group where you're gathering values as you go through, making good men better, so... Um, it, it's just that type of value that's going to it, so... Um, except maybe in Grotto, Grotto. I mean, Larry's a member there. I'm not really sure we've changed him that much, so... <laughs> um, but, well, I'll say, I mean, I, I joined Commander about 15 years ago, and by far... The most memorable degree, and we can't talk about it, obviously, but it was really the most memorable and meaningful degree that I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of your predecessors, John March, did my degree. And I guess I've heard that he's – we're going to have his brother on in a few weeks. Um, but he's well known for giving good degrees. Yes. And, yes. Um, he has a voice for radio. John and George are – I mean, as brothers, they're just – Two remarkable guys. Have they're done completely a lot. different. They're completely different, but they're they're really two remarkable guys. John does an excellent order of the temple, mm-hmm. um, and they. I remember when I got my order of the temple, and and one particular part, it just hit me like a, you know, like wow, this is incredible. Um, and it it if you have somebody that can do that well, just like any degree or order, they can make such an impression on you. And John really does that. Um, we have a, a one-day class coming up in August, and we're going to do something a little different there that will hopefully make just as much of an impression in the way some of that's handled uh, with those candidates that come to that. So what's the process? If somebody wants to become a, um, a joint commander, so what's the process when they get out of Blue Lodge? So coming out of Blue Lodge, um, you're going to start with the orc rate bodies. Uh, there's chapter, council, and commandery. Chapter's always first. And chapter's a natural extension of Blue Lodge. Um, there's Some of those degrees were taken from Blue Lodge and, and moved into chapter. So once you get through your chapter degrees, then you can go on and do council and or commandery. Uh, you don't have to do both, but generally people do all three because it, it all ties together. Um, and then move in. That's how you get through the York Rite. Um, York Rite's a lot different than Scottish Rite. 
Scottish Rite, everybody goes, and it. I think a lot of people think, well, this is just two meetings a year. We sit at a reunion, and, and it, it's twice a year, and that's all there is to it. They don't see all the other things that go on the rest of the year, the meetings and everything else. York Rite is very easy to identify with in the fact that it's in a lodge room. It's more meetings, but a lot of the things are the same. The, the titles and the chairs might be in a little different place, but a lot of the things are the same. And it's a more personal experience. It's not just sitting there watching a play or a video. It's more personal involvement in those uh, in those degrees and orders. So every Masonic body has its own charity. What's the charity yes. of the Commandery? Commandery has a couple great charities. Um, we have the Holy Land Pilgrimage. Um, that sends pilgrim ministers over to the Holy Land. Free of charge. All they have to do is get their way up to JFK to catch a plane um, and any incidentals. Um, that's an incredible experience. I, we, Two of our guests have been on it, uh, Brother uh, Chris Rogge and Matt Randolph. Yes, yes. And when you meet those ministers when they come back, that's just incredible. The The way they talk about the journey, um, and, and you can just see it, in their, and you can hear it in their voice and just see it in their expressions of how revitalized they are. You can see it in the thousands and thousands of pictures they bring back and want to try and show you all in one night, um, which just doesn't work real well. But um, th that's a great thing. Um, the other charity is the Knight Templar Eye Foundation, which originally uh, focused on helping people with eye problems get to doctors and get treatment. They have s since switched their um, the way they do things, and they, they focus more on research. Uh, and giving grants out that way, they have a, there's a couple chairs that they've endowed at at uh, major facilities. Uh, so that's one Hopkins, is there? Right? Yes, yeah. I believe so. So um, how endowed? Well, yeah, yeah, well endowed, well endowed. <laughs> so those are two great ones. Um, All the listeners are thinking it. Why can't I be the guy to say mm. it <laughs> right away? But but um, so those are two great charities that are in there. Um, I just had the pleasure of presenting a Golden Chalice Award for a, 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 a Sir Knight out of Duquesne Commandery that no, uh, no don't say it no I'm that uh, made a generous donation to the Knight Templar Eye Foundation so uh, really nice award there. So and you mentioned the pilgrimage, the the, the trip to the Holy Land. Um, what is the requirement for uh, someone to participate in that? Do they have to be like a pastor of a church, the head of a church, what's the a mason? Yeah. They they do. They have to have um, they have to attend to a theological seminary. They have to have at least five years in, I believe it is, and they have to be remaining in a church for at least five years. And never um, have gone. And never have gone. Um, they don't want somebody that's gone before. They want them to, to be their first experience. Um, and they usually take two trips. They go in late January through February. Um, usually about 70 pastors that go and just they have they sit around at night, do a lot of talking about what they've seen. They travel a lot. Um, they want people that are fit and can walk seven to ten miles a day because they do a lot. They keep moving. Larry, you're out. I'm sorry. Well, now in Larry's defense. Next year. Barry's defense, they do have two other ones. Now, he's going to have to pay for it himself, but they have the Footsteps of Jesus tour, which is the same thing, 
And then they have another one that's more Larry speed that I um, I think it's the little kids tour. Larry keeps the walking his show. No, oh, Jesus. I, I have, oh, I Jesus. have, I have oh, been Jesus. told I walk in the footsteps of Jesus many times. <laughs> Toward the light or? <laughs> uh, but, um, but there are tours that like other people could go on too if you if you want to pay your way. Um, it, you can go over there and see that. It sounds incredible. I would love to be able to do that. So you, you've you've made it to this position, right? You, which, mm-hmm. which means that you've gone through an, an incredible process of positions in order to get there. What what has your journey been like to get to to, to Grand Commander of of the Knights Templar in Pennsylvania? Um, you know, it was not a goal of mine. Um, got into Templary and found out that I really liked it, really enjoyed it. Um, got asked to be a division commander. Um, and then at that time was asked if I would be interested in running for the Grand Line. Um, totally was not a goal of mine, like I said. Um, and I said no a couple times. And then finally I, I said, yeah. And then I went to my wife and talked to her about it <laughs> and convinced her. Um, and well, coincidentally, we, you also have just retired yes. from working as a, a – a, what was your title at the call center? I was an assistant shift supervisor for Dolphin County's 911 Center for yeah. 35 years there. And, and just, a part-time police officer. And a part-time police officer and a part-time aeromedical dispatcher and a couple other things in there too probably. But um, yeah, so – And Jody said yes? Jody said, yeah, that's okay. So <laughs> she hasn't uh, seemed to regret it yet. So, Well, because you're never home. So that's a, you know, that's Well, a, yeah. That's it's usually a, a plus. Right. That's probably a benefit. And, you know, Don't you have a meeting get, tonight somewhere? Yeah, tonight? She gets to see the good side of Pottstown. No, she didn't go along on that trip. She stayed home. Oh, I, mean, I think the Lions Club has bingo on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, um, wow. yeah. Sorry, Pottstown. Another state we can't go to. <laughs> yeah, that's me, Westchester snob. Sorry. <laughs> so you mentioned we, we talked about the two charities of Knights Templar generally, generally uh, but uh, you mentioned to us earlier that you have a special uh, project or a special charity that you want to support during your term. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, you know, every uh, almost everybody, when you're getting up to the top of Grand Line, you have a theme or something you're standing behind. My theme is make a statement, take a stand. And I'm, I've told the Sir Knights that, you know, find something out there that you really believe in and go out and help it make it help make it better. Um, it could be in Templary and Freemasonry. It could be in your community, your church, whatever. Um, but maybe it would give, an, give you an opportunity through um, just your actions or talking to people to share some of those good life values and try and get people to uh, get along a little more. My thing is youth leadership. We need to make sure that we're supporting the youth that are coming up in this country who are going to be taking care of us down the road. We have some great youth groups in Freemasonry, DMLAY, um, Job's Daughters, Rainbow Girls that really do a great job. Freemasonry and Templary in general are one of the largest philanthropic organizations in the world. So my thing is, too, why not support another youth group outside of Freemasonry, who is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, and that's THON up at Penn State. 
Let's show those young leaders who are doing a fantastic job up there raising millions of dollars a year for cancer research. Why not help them out and show them that we support them too while also donating to a great cause? And for our listeners that might be outside of the state of Pennsylvania, uh, the cancer research that they're supporting is what's being done at Hershey Med Center. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. Through the Four Diamonds Fund. Uh, it's a fund that was started in 1972 by the Millard family. Uh, their son uh, contracted cancer at the age of 11, and Chris died before as he was turning 14. But he wrote a book in there while he was in there that uh, that was called uh, Sir Millard, which was about a Sir Knight. Um, and when I heard that, I thought, how fitting is this? Um, and this Sir Knight had to go find the four diamonds to defeat an evil sorceress and representing cancer. And uh, that's how they came up with the name for it. So I just think it's a great way that we can turn around and support, like I said, youth leaders that are going to be moving out into the world and, and have to take care of us someday, but also a great uh, charity down there at, at the Fort for, Diamond yeah, Fund. For you non-Pennsylvania folks, um, <clears throat> Penn State is not just Happy Valley um, in the middle of the state. There are satellite campuses all over the state for people that can't either get to main campus or maybe they're, they weren't exactly their, – their grades in high school might not have been enough to assure them a spot at main campus right away. You might have to do two years in Delaware County like I would have had to. Um, but so, yeah, so then there's like a week every year that kids all over the state, would we would see them out on the highways collecting change. And I believe some – Kids learned we're playing in traffic, and that's ruined now. They can't do that. But um, they haven't stopped, and they raise yeah. millions of millions of dollars. Every year yeah. they raise millions of dollars they, every Jim, year. Jim, you're a Penn State grad, right? I am. They, they, it's, state uh, Penn, I mean, Penn State? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I say five years of, of the best years of my life, but it was supposed to be a five-year plan, so mm, it wasn't, mm, wasn't mm. plus one. But no. And I I volunteered uh, at Don for a number of years. My wife uh, danced at Don, and yeah, it's twelve, thirteen million dollars a year to cancer research. Uh, it's all student run, uh, student run philanthropy. They they do activities and stuff all through the year. And I think the the one of the better parts of Don that people don't even if you know anything about it don't even realize is they invite the families in to participate in a lot of it. So it's not just fundraising. It's Family together time and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's an absolute uh, amazing, amazing. When you say families, you mean families of the kids who are. Families in, in of the kids who are getting treatment, who are receiving the research, the right. benefits of the research. Um, and so they're, they're, that whole Penn State community is connected across that. Uh, and it's when I was there, we were in a much smaller building, but there was still. Uh, and the, the thought itself comes from Dance Marathon. It's, I think, right now 46 hours. I don't want to say 48 hours. I think it's 46 hours uh, up dancing for mm-hmm. 46 hours. And the only time that the dancers are allowed to, to uh, rest is once every – I forget how many hours now they get a uh, – uh, talcum powder slide massage where they they slide across <laughs> the gym floor and and get rubbed down with talcum powder. Other than that, they're on their feet for the whole time, uh, and the whole university, the whole community gets behind. It's it. It's huge. It's it's a it's a gigantic fundraising event, and it really does cover the whole state. And all of those satellite campuses are involved. My my youngest son Parker was 
um, was involved. He was doing canning, and, and he was a part of the um, Berks um, Benefiting Thon program at Berks County, one of those satellite campuses. Well, those, for, those guys didn't yeah. study too much for yeah. SATs. But he, 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 he's doing very well in life. He graduated. That's and he's all doing I care. very, he very well. It's migrated down into our high schools and our, our middle right, schools. Right. There's many, many thons they all have over now. the yeah, place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Mark, I think the key to this is you're connecting Knights Templar Freemasonry at large, really, uh, as a result of that, to this very uh, worthy cause. Yes. And I mean, in general, in Freemason, we all, every group has great charities that they, they help out. But I don't think we can any longer, like, just sit back and help those. We need to reach out and help other people, too, and let them know we support them. Um, we've kind of been hit a little bit before that. So, um, you know, hidden from, from people. So, um, it works out better if we get out there and let them know that we're helping them. And it's, it's part of what I used to say about, I still say it about Freemasonry. It, 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 it's not necessarily that we're a philanthropy. It's, it's a fraternity that teaches its members to be philanthropic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what you're doing. Yes. And, and that's reaching out beyond what we do inside our little box and spreading it out wide. Sorry, I, I just wanted to say, to say. Do you need a break, Larry? For our, our listeners. Mark is tapping out a secret temper <laughs> code. Listen very carefully. I, I don't understand what the code is, but you Templars out there will get the message. I recognized it. <laughs> I think if I got it correctly, it's throw Larry on a fire. That is like, yeah, that was see, I, see, I got a little bit of peat in me with the Italian. My hands have to move, too, so I can... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Larry's been giving us that. He's been pointing at his nether regions. I'll take a quick break, and we'll uh, be right back. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. Okay, well, we're back with Mark Mattern. And uh, Mark, um, we talked uh, quite a bit about your uh, role as Grand Commander, uh, and we mentioned your role as a past monarch of Ubar Grotto. And one of the things that uh, you are most known for is leading Grotto through some dark uh, times. Some dark times. Um, tell us a little bit about Fezgate. Oh, Fezgate. <laughs> Start with it, the memo. Yeah. It was dark. Yes, it was dark times. 
the evil empire um, sent down a memo that that said our we were to cease and desist wearing our fezes because they were illegal, um, and sent it out to like all of our membership without even telling me or or coming to me. So this is Xeroxed copies of a letter that was written was on a typed, word process, typed in typed, all capital all caps. letters. All and, when, and when mimeographed, and I say mimeographed, <laughs> like smell the paper mimeographed. Oh, yeah. It was um, at a, like, five degrees off center. <laughs> it was great. It was, it was perfect. It was perfect. And the prints have, like, streaks in them because they, like, made copies of copies. <laughs> I feel better now because I got the original. Mine didn't have any of that. Oh, so. man. No, but, we uh, got – I, I still have mine. Yeah, friends. You know, at, at Steffi's, it's framed behind the toilet in the restroom. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm scared to go in there, so I've as never my, seen as, that. As, it is you pretty scary. You don't, don't, don't want to go in there. As my district deputy credentials just get revoked. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, that, that was a – after I put out some fires and calmed everybody down and uh, – then immediately called the the person that that was responsible for putting that out. The well, the secretary and said, "What is this?" Um, and he said, "Well, I, I was just supposed to send it out." And I turned around and I corrected him. I said, "Wait a minute, these fezes are legal." He said, "Well, no, they're too short." I said, "No, that was the original ones when the group was constituted. We turned around and got got other ones that." were the right height then after that. Oh, that that was his response was like, oh, well then this isn't a problem. Never mind. And I'm like, well we you need the never mind memo. You, you by need the way. To, no, I had to tell everybody, but it you know, it was like, well great, then you need to explain this and and make this go away. Um but that all got that all got corrected. And then in the meantime found out that um you know, when they did this and, and we were constituted and they and they had those short ones, it was actually a past grand monarch who turned around and shelled out money to get us our banner made out of the same wavy material, which is a little different too, but shelled out the money to get the banner and shelled out money to get some of the original or the new fezes at the right height. So how do you, you know, turn around and Tell this guy who is a now a past grand monarch that you did the wrong thing. No, that was just wrong. So we beat them down. So and as a grand commander, are you going to issue any? Um, are you going to are you going to apologize for any of your edicts from poor previous grand commanders? Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> as, as I recall, we had to it, we had to create a Fez action plan or FAP. Yes, in order to uh, accommodate the. Well, we we did so that when we went to visit other places and we had a regular one, but um, and since we that had, date, all new members have regulation fezes from the preferred company that the Supreme Council would like us to deal with, right? But mm. um, but there were some uh, there were some good things that came out of it. I remember uh, one uh, cake that was. Brought to a meeting that was particularly funny and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, some other things. So, But I believe we made our point and, and won that, but we also helped to uh, smooth it out by going to the, the standard FEZ and the regulation FEZ. Also, too, the following month you gave $10,000 away. Did that help at all? It wasn't 10 It was only 5 Okay. 
<laughs> Ten sounds better, right? It, it was forty million dollars that we gave away. I have but, one more commandery question before we before we uh, abandon Mark in a ditch. Um, <laughs> squealing tire sound effect. The gloves that Pennsylvania knights wear that are yellow Wells Lamont work gloves. <laughs> yellow leather work gloves. Cavalry gloves. Um, yeah, okay, cavalry gloves. 1860. So how, like, is this just another Pennsylvania thing? Because Pennsylvania likes to do everything different than any other jurisdiction? So, you know, that, that you know that's funny. This just a, actually came up the other night. Because the, the gloves are supposed to be buff colored is what the term is, which is they, – then he said, what is that color? Because you Who's can go – yellow? Yeah, because you can go to a different – Larry's pretty Three buff. different stores That's and true. get three different colors. But some guys prefer to wear a leather work glove that's that yellowish color instead um, just to grip their sword a little better so it's not sliding around. Because some of those are more of a, a felt-like material like – and it would uh, – it would uh, be a problem there. So anyway, I'm just saying we were complaining about the minutia of <laughs> of Fezite. Remember, there's a lot of sword play in Templars. <laughs> just don't cross your swords. Yeah. No sword don't cross your lightsabers. No crossing swords. So, Mark, when's your big shindig? When's your big uh, event for? What's the big shindig called for when for your party end of year? The end of year. The annual conclave? Yes. Well, read your pen. It's on your pen. It's August. It's uh, May 19th through the 22nd. Of next year. I'll of next year, of 2022. Yeah. There's so much on this pen. It's incredible. Oh, my gosh. I don't even need to write with this pen because all the letters are already written on the pen. Look at that. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I like to I like to make a motion that Masonic Lake Podcast purchase whatever the b- cheapest ad space is. I think it's twenty five dollars. I second the motion. Yes. Uh, to where? Too slow for, for his for his, his program for his program. Absolutely. Absolutely. He just has to remember to wait, bill us. For wait a minute. Which one? Because there's a testimonial coming up. No, there's only and one. there's a booklet there, but there'll probably be one for the. For which the one would be more embarrassing? Which one is a coloring book? Well, I think. <laughs> didn't you already draw one for uh, somebody for the testimonial book? I did. I did. It hey. was a uh, saw. It was a Lebanon Bologna uh, <laughs> in a tight <laughs> Templar uniform. Doesn't, doesn't you know? I, I didn't it say that too. A Lebanon Bologna. Right. So that the A kind of led me to believe that it was modeled after somebody else that we all know. Someone we know. Someone could Who be. Would that be? Oh, could be. Who would that be? <laughs> oh, Mark, thank you so much for coming in, but don't leave. We're just going to take a quick break, and we're going to transition, and we're going to talk to Brother Jim Stevens, and you will be encouraged to participate and give him the same hard time that we've given you. Thank you. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, 
and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. And, and we're back, and we're just talking during the break about ways to support... Thank what? you, the State hell? of Pennsylvania. The State that's, of Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> they don't do anything while we're not recording, and then when we start recording, they start making noise upstairs. But anyway, we were talking about how people can support the show, and, and we talked about the, ha- the fact that everybody in this room is a contributing Patreon to our show. Yes. Patron. Except, yes, patron. Yes. except well, someone. And except except the, the original someone, co-host of the show. Who... Who thinks he's a Patreon patron? A patron but, on Patreon. But he lost his homework on the way. To, no, the dog ate his homework on the way to school, and then he ate the credit. So, so anyway, Larry, tell us how about can we, tell us how we can be all support. Larry, yeah, your yeah. charges failed ten months in a row. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have. I lost a card. What was it? March or something like that. What year? And, uh, this year, this twenty twenty one. Yeah. And the card is How in. How do you lose a card my, during COVID? My right. gear shift in the body of the car. So I had to cancel the card and get a new one. I told Patreon, here's the new number, sign it up. That was it. Who'd you talk to? And then Dave, I didn't right? talk okay. to anybody. Dave. It was I did Dave. everything on the damn internet. Okay? Then I come to find out what was it in May that nothing was being charged. You told me that. And I went in, and I said, okay, let's make sure. And I saw that the charges were going to begin in June. Larry, the prince from Sudan is not Patreon. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but that, ni- 14 mil- that $14 million is, is coming any day. There's a new boat from Larry. Thank you, Larry, for the new boat. But, Tim, tell us how easy it could be to it help really the show. It really is simple to oh, become yeah. a patron on Patreon and support this fine podcast. By going to patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast, um, you can enter correctly <laughs> your credit card information, including the expiration date and the magic number on the back. And for as little as one dollar. One dollar. A buck. A buck. What can you get for a buck today? Not even a cup of coffee. Not a even Mc- a cup a of Mc- coffee. Nugget. Yeah, not, even, <laughs> not even not even that because the state of Pennsylvania takes seven cents. Oh, That's right. Geez. So seven of it's going oh, to Pennsylvania. Geez. So but for as little as a dollar, or you could give what is it, five or seven, or you could give thirteen, which six of us around the table do. Wow. Yeah. Or you could give a, a, a larger amount if you chose to. So um, we we bought we bought these guys dinner tonight and yeah. Jim Pointed out that he kind of technically bought his own dinner. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but we greatly appreciate our patrons on Patreon, and if we can ever get this 
video audio technology stuff figured out. Um, you will consistently get uh, some special gifts. If any of you listeners have a, a teenage child who knows about this thing called the internet, yeah. they're welcome to – well, they can't – they probably shouldn't intern. It would be supervised. Yeah. They yeah. Would, you might yeah. have to come and supervise us yeah. so we don't do anything yeah. inappropriate. See, the problem children. is is no. that you have to be able to take no. the audio and video feed from our show. That don't – like, you it's have like to – Godzilla have, movie. It's like you, a Japanese Godzilla movie. It is. You, but you have to cut out – the stuff that would get us expelled from the fraternity. That doesn't and happen. No, no that no. doesn't happen. No, that's true. We would be rebuked, but not expelled. There you go. No, but I mean, we don't do anything. The, no, the, never. The the off, uh, when we're at commercials and Larry's like doing his deep knee ranting and ranting, uh, you know, we, we, we don't want to share that with you. So anyway, um, we do appreciate our patrons on Patreon. We absolutely do. And... One of our patrons is Jim Stevens, and Jim is here because Jim wrote um, – uh, Jim is a, a member of uh, an AMD council, and that particular AMD council, Cincinnati's council, uh, requires its members to produce a paper uh, or to lead a guided discussion on a particular topic. And Jim picked a topic that I thought was just absolutely stunning – um, Jim, why don't you tell us where that came from and where it's gone? Um, well, where it came from is uh, a lot of what I write uh, is written in, in response to something that I see. And, and I, I get somewhat passionate about it in a lot of the writings. Um, where it went is it was the my second article published in the Journal of Masonic uh, Society. Uh, the first one was uh, on Tyler of the Lodge, which also started in that same council. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the council is generating some good writings these days, um, but the, the the passion that came out of or, or that that created the art the article um, Aspergers and the Craft uh, came from observations more than anything. There, there's a lot of of brethren who have children, uh, sons who are on the autism spectrum or whatever, and are asking how can they be members you know how do we get them in um and there's also other things that i've observed over the years that you know i want to make sure that we don't create unnecessary barriers that don't align with the craft are they brewing upstairs is that what they're doing or, or what i don't know i think they're mad that i think that's the uh the state employees um supplementing their income by dragging Cases of whiskey out the back door. It's amazing, though. They didn't make a sound while we were at like, break. At break. And right. now, we were as soon as we started I mean, yeah. usually they take after their pen dot and just all stand and around stand. watching. Right. But no. Anyway, sorry. So Jim. not disparaging all of our wonderful uh, state, workers. Tenants. state workers, but <laughs> tenants that have supported this uh, building for many decades at this point. Um, no. So the the idea there is is, you know, I believe deeply in in everything that's in this fraternity but you know i also get concerned that we create barriers that are unnecessary that that don't necessarily not align with with what we uh, believe but are unnecessary to meet our missions um and some of those are simple stuff that uh you know like for example well example somebody on the spectrum for example you know may have difficulty socializing so they may not feel comfortable doing um, 
the, the fraternal side of it, the socialization side of it. But that doesn't make them any less or more of a Mason. You know, there, there are many parts of this fraternity that, that is um, different for each of us. Uh, but if you look at some of the common traits uh, that I that I reference in the paper about uh, deep interest, especially in history and that kind of stuff, uh, these brothers can be some of our most contributing research. Uh, the the tenants in the parts of Lodge that that really adhere to uh, what would be good for somebody on the, the autism spectrum, for example, would be like ritual. Um, it's a predictable thing. It's understood. It's it's time sequenced. Uh, it works really well for for many people, especially uh, people on the uh, with Asperger's. Um, the main difference being there is is that a lot of the the men diagnosed with Asperger's are still verbal; they can communicate, so they they can still confer and do ritual. Um, but they like that routine, that regular routine, that predictable routine um, that our lodges offer. Um, some of the other things that I found in my research that, that really, uh, stands out is, uh, these are men that were probably bullied pretty extensively, especially early in their life. And so they don't have a great social or network of people around them, but when we have in this fraternity that, and so this fraternity can be a great foundation for them to really set and get anchored in their life, not just in their town, but then traveling. There's always there's always that familiarity, um, you know the 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 seeing of a ring or seeing of a symbol can be an anchor for wherever they are at any point in time. Um, so there's a lot that the craft can offer uh, anybody, uh, many people with autism or, or Asperger specifically. Has has this article was published just recently? Right? Yeah, it was. It's in the most recent issue. Uh, I wouldn't remember the issue number. It's sitting on my bookshelf, but. Uh, yeah, just just got published. And and is has there been any response to it yet? Have you I have gotten some feedback. Now you know it's it, we all know where we are right now with COVID. So traveling around and, and talking to other people has been reasonably limited. But I have gotten feedback, um, and it's feedback along the same lines as, as what I I had said of, you know, I have a son who who you know I think would really come into this fraternity and kind of asking questions of of what can we do. Um, you know, people on the spectrum have sensory – a lot of times have sensory issues, um, loud sounds, lights, that kind of stuff. So so you may have to do some adaptations. And I'm not talking changing what we do, but some adaptations that, that would help them be able to be more comfortable um, in the environment. Uh, one of the other things that, that I, I've talked to, to several of them about is obviously we're not going to give out any of our secrets or ruin the initiatic experience in any way. Mm -hmm. But as much as you can communicate what to expect, mm -hmm. it's going to give that that person with Asperger's a little more ability to firm themselves up and be prepared. Recognition so, of it. Yeah. Right. It's all about being in the right mindset, so to speak, to be able to be ready for whatever's happening. Um, go ahead. No, I, how do you um, how do you see the see this dovetailing into the Masonic youth organizations? Because I, it, it seems as if this is a condition that's becoming more and more prevalent uh, among young people, and specifically young men, young boys. Yeah, I mean, the, the numbers are, are are staggering, and and I do have my paper here because I always like to reference my notes. But, uh, you know, the last uh, statistics done for 
the CDC in 2016 said uh, around one in 54 children are diagnosed with being on the spectrum. Um, and that ratio could be, depending on how you read the research, between two to one men or 16 to one men versus women. Wow. So a, a much larger quantity of men uh, out of that ratio of one to 54. <clears throat> so there are a lot of people. Um, depending on how you look at the research, it it's it's considered a modern thing. But a lot of autism research is pointing to uh, genetics, especially on the male line. And so it's probably been around for generations, but either they uh, weren't identified or it was written off as a loner or, or, or mm. any number of other things. Uh, alcohol tends to be a, a big crutch for, for a lot of them. Um, and so, you know, it's been around. But specifically to the youth groups, it's uh, the message – that I would give them would be the same is preserve what you have to preserve, but make sure that you're not creating any barriers that are unnecessary. So, you know, my son wasn't in any of the youth groups. Uh, he's not autistic. I don't, I'm not going to draw that connection, but, um, he was a boy scout and a lot of those events in boy scouts and stuff can be very off putting. There's a lot of noise going around, a lot of activity going around, but the activities themselves still have value. Mm. So if you can find a way to still go camping, if you can find a way to bring them in and be inviting, they'll slowly start to adapt and, and get used to the, the environment. And I would imagine that many of the Masonic youth groups are similar in nature in that if you can just provide that welcoming opening line when they, when they want to come and provide that, that space – they're going to contribute significantly. So, would you say if if there's a if there's a Mason listening to this, um, who might have a son of of the right age that that, and this is not to promote Demole, but we should certainly mm -hmm. support our youth groups. Um, is, is that something that they should reach out to and say, hey, can we come and visit and and explore this for 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 this young man? I mean, I think the the the, the easiest answer is yes. Uh, Unfortunately, it's significantly more complicated beyond that. Um, and the complication comes from the, the actual experience of uh, the person with autism uh, mm -hmm. in that, again, like I said, in many cases, they've been bullied extensively because of the social developmental skills that they may not lack. Um, you know, you, you read stories of, of people in accounts where uh, it, it's always – they've always been known that they were different but that and they were bullied because they were different. Um, so going into a new environment can be very scary, um, and so th there has to be some assurances that they're in a protected environment, that they're not going to get bullied. Um, and so that's step one. The other step is a lot of people do not admit to the open world that they have these struggles. Mm. Uh, you know, they, they, there's a whole series of masking and, and stuff like that that people have learned how to operate through. And so you don't want to out somebody either if they don't want it to be, it to be known. So the parent probably would have an idea of really what the child is comfortable with being known. But, you know, I would say the child would go to the leader of the of the body and say, you know, you know, my, my son really has interest here, you know, but we've got some issues. Let's talk about how to make this, this accommodating. And I have been privy to a couple of those conversations, not youth groups, but questions posed to, 
you know, grand officers, quite frankly, of, you know, my son, I think he really would make a good Mason, but he's going to have a little trouble getting through the, the degrees. You know, how much adaptation, how far can we take this to be able to get there? We've had, I think, I think we all have seen a couple of I know one of, like one of our good yeah. friends in Grotto has an autistic son, and, mm-hmm. and he's very excited to have him go through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about youth, but all these things you're saying, and I'm a guy, I don't have kids, so you know, I'm kind of out of my element there with some of those um, experiences, but I look back now at one of my roommates from college, one of my fraternity brothers, and he is a classic example of being, he basically goes to work, he comes home, and he stays home. He doesn't like new situations. He is super smart. He's super good at his job. You know, you would never think that he has any kind of a disability, but we just write him off like, oh, well, he's just a loner. That's just what he does. He's like, and I'm 52 and he's 51. Well, autism and Asperger's existed then. We weren't, nobody was diagnosed. Nobody had, we didn't have terms for it. We just. Yeah, we called it reform school, but yeah. Uh, but, you know, like my buddy, he's always been a su- su- sex, successful mm-hmm. adult in society. Right. But he just is like, and he would love the Masons. I know he would love it. But I don't know. He just likes sitting home and playing video games, and uh, and and he doesn't. He used to, and, he, and alcohol used to be a big part of his life. Another one of our former roommates died of alcohol issues, so you know this guy is like, okay, then that put him completely the other way, right? Because he's, oh, like this will kill you. I'm not going to do this anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And he just now never touches alcohol. Like it, it was like like a like a light switch. It was Fair you enough. know. Bizarre, but what about men like that that are out there? How do we reach them? Because they would be great. The Masons, and I say this about Scottish Rite too, I have like – now, I will make fun of these people, (laughs) Um, like like Renfair people, thespians. (laughs) Like they would freaking love Scottish Rite. Mm-hmm. They would love they'd, to would hand- love Larry's plays. Absolutely, plays, Larry's right. plays. Right. They would love <laughs> the to. They would love to ham it up in right. Scottish Rite degrees. Yes. But we make no effort to pursue them, and they don't really know about the Masons. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, Freemasonry across the board. You know, if you if you talk about a, a PR issue, there's there's this extensive amount of that. And, you know, I'm not going to say this because, you know, it's, it's a drop the mic moment, but, you know, this paper was personal. I, I have been diagnosed with Asperger's. Um, it's, it's not the predominant reason that I wrote it, but what you described is my life. Uh, a heavy alcohol in college. That was the coping mechanism. Uh, you know, the loner and all that kind of stuff. It has nothing to do with, as you just said, su- success. I mean, by all measures, I'm, 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 I'm successful. Um, but I can tell you that it takes, it took me years to go to my first line signer and say, you know, it, it's time. Um, and then years from there to be able to really kind of get settled in and do it. So the, I think the answer to your question is, we have to give them space. 
we have to make it aware that it's there. And you know, one of the things that I said in the paper is the more good information we put out, the good stuff that we say, um, the more research they're going to find and they will come to us. We have to counter all the bad information that's out there. And this ties in with Mark earlier, how wanting to get involved with a group that has nothing to do with the Masons. Right. Exactly. To let these – okay, they have a similar interest in philanthropy mm-hmm. that we share. Like, hey, you know, there's a group out there that does this after college. Right. And we could use your help. So, I don't know. I just think, you know, you're a businessman, Jim. Like, like I don't know. Like, it's like you want to find a target audience that would be great Masons. And I think both groups, for different reasons, would be great Masons. Exactly. And I think that's the overarching point of what I'm trying to get at with the paper is – we need to make sure that we're not putting barriers in place for any population, whether it is the philanthropic youth leaders, that they can come in. And, yeah, we have things to teach in the degrees, but we can't close those doors. We have to open those Or doors. the drunken frat guys like me. Yeah, there's, there's something for us, too. <laughs> it, it's really tough, though, because the, the, the PR side of this, of the fraternity as a whole, and it, it goes from Blue Lodge all the way up terrible. through Just Night's terrible. It, it is terrible. Terrible. Because, I mean, if you ask any ten Masons what Freemasonry is, no, nobody can really answers. nobody can really tell you because because it's different for each one of us, right? Correct. It, my experience has been different than Larry's. It's different than Jim's and and Mark's. But um, we just had uh, a, 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 a what what is a committee of inquiry on a fellow, and one of the guys on the committee went real deep into the spiritual esoteric thing. And this guy's into the history and philosophical thing. And, and it's really easy to off put people with that. And that's, I think that may be one of the barriers is we don't really know what the hell it is anyway. Well, and, and I think, well, yeah, there's two parts there. I agree with you. We don't really know what it is or how to explain it. Right. And Maybe that's a better thing to say is we don't know how to explain it. We don't know how to explain it. But the other thing is is that – and this is a human trait, not, not a Freemasonry trait, where we project onto everybody else what we believe is important. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're dealing with, with people that are on the spectrum, that really is the key for you to step back and say, what I think, do, feel, touch, process is not what I need to project onto this individual. I need to see what their interest is. Is that is – that- perceived by that individual as, as i mean is he does he perceive the fact that you're you're pushing something that isn't his thing i um, say his because it's predominantly male so yeah no I, I i don't think the pronoun is the issue i think the issue there is how self-aware that individual is okay um the anxiety that's created by having things that are pushed on if you're not paying attention to it, that's what leads to the alcoholism and all kinds of other coping pushing mechanisms, back, pushing yeah. back, um, and or more likely non cutting it off ahead of time, not participate, not going to this place because I don't want to get pushed upon. If that makes sense. So, really important question in all this is. How does Grotto fit into your Masonic journey? Then? That- <laughs> I love the fact that you brought up Grotto because, you know, and, and, and have I'm we go- frightened you yet? We haven't no, seen I'm, you. In a while. I'm going to call Are you, you out. Putting enough? Or what? I'm going to call you out. And I Uh-oh. mean, no disrespect, Jack. Please, but, but 
you caught me one time. We were over four seasons. Uh oh. Um, we were in the non-mirrored room. We were not in the walled room. We were in the the other room, and I was doing one of my coping things at the time, which was t- tend to pace the room. I don't get involved in any one conversation. Walk around, and you looked me square in the eye, and, she, and you said, "Stop walking around the room and sit down." And you didn't mean anything of it, and I took nothing <laughs> by it. But that was exactly what I was doing. Is I, I was just pacing you the room. Coping. And, and I was coping. Okay. Um, but in terms, you were of, making me nervous, is what you were doing. Probably, it, but, but that's okay. In terms of how I deal well, we with, he was a spy. He's I did. Report I report back at Green Jack. Once again, it's not about you. It's not about me. <laughs> so it is the, though, really. How I co- how I deal with Grotto is, I mean, almost. If you've been with. To the chaos just, of our group has to be so oh anti-Asperger. But look at me. I'm generally on the outside. Okay? I'm generally sitting on the outside. I generally am one of the first ones out that door. Okay? <laughs> if you've ever noticed. Um, you know, there's... I'm usually the first one out the door, and I don't have that. Well... well that's because you have to go to the bathroom. There's no okay? way you could be the first one out the door. You don't move that fast. That's true. <laughs> um, but no, that, that... So... But it's also an amount of being prepared if that makes sense and um i went into grotto having already known brethren so there was already a safety Uh, net there of a point excellent you know and so there was there is an ability then for me to kind of adapt to the situation and i love it i laugh i laugh my ass off at at more than a few grotto meetings but i'm laughing at all of you not with all of you i'm laughing at all of you well i was gonna say jack jack i think he said this on the air so and this is a compliment to your lodge 43 jack one of jack's passions is mentoring and he went and gave this talk at lodge 43 that's what he got and then he realized wait a minute they do everything I'm talking about, and they do a really good job at it. So, wow, I just wasted some time. But, it didn't, though. No, it, was, it didn't. It was uh-huh. great. It that, was... That, that made a massive impression, on, especially on the EAs that were sitting in, on the sideline that night. Cool. It made a really big but impression. But one of my things is I think we need to do a, a – and really, we're not psychologists. We're just guys from different crafts that have a similar interest. But, like, we really need to identify if that person coming in – if they have like Asperger's or if they have something or like they're joining because they missed fraternal fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. We need somebody to kind of like, well, let me show you these group of idiots over here. And if somebody has like an interest in research and in things like that, well, let's show you this group of intellectuals. Well, that's really and help where, walk them to where they're going to feel the best. That's what the yeah. the, the sign the the signer should be doing. It's what the mentor should be doing, right, and it's what right. the committee of inquiry should be doing. Exactly. Between those six individuals, there should be some level of understanding that when that brother is raised, of what their their most likely next interest is. There there should be. We don't do that. Well, Mark, do well, you guys do it? Friend and guide should be a real thing. Yes, friend and guide should be a real thing. Exactly, Jim. I have one thing that was that I actually learned in reading the introduction to your, I'm to sorry. your paper. You no, learned I, something. And I, no, I always want to learn. I think but I, you it read. It was I actually didn't. in the introduction. Um, Asperger's is not something that today is diagnosed as Asperger's. That's correct. Uh, and I did not know that. Um, it is now typically under the umbrella of autism. And um, I, I was not aware of that, and so and that Tim was... worked for the NEA. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, they rolled. 
they rolled a number of diagnoses, yeah. I- including a number of, of mental impairment into the autism spectrum. Uh-huh. Um, and for many different reasons, uh, you know, from my research, the main reason that is, is uh, Jack's kind of showing the money, but there's a lot of monetary support behind the autism mm-hmm. structure across the board. Yeah. And so there was an ability to do that. But as, as I said in the paper, um, there are differences with each of those. And yes. so by kind of lumping them together, you lose those differences right. and the critical differences. So that's why I still refer to it as Asperger's because it's right. still a different thing. Indeed. Um, even though it's across the broad. Now, the one of the things that makes autism specifically so difficult is no one person has the same problems, symptoms, or, or mm. what have you. So somebody who has Asperger's may have this problem and somebody else over here doesn't, but somebody with who's not Asperger's but is autism may still have that same. So there is that overlap that it can still kind of apply. Um, but that the verbal communication is one of the main differences in that diagnosis. Yeah, I mean, as a former educator, I mean, I had students that I encountered that that exactly as you said, no two were alike. The the mm-hmm. symptoms, their interactions, uh, the way in which they functioned, were literally all over the spectrum. Right. Um, that would be a good thing to call it then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. A spectrum. Well, like it's that. funny. Like like Dick Kenna used to come to breakfast with us. Maybe he still does. I haven't yes. seen Dick in a while. But um, it's not breakfast. Anything after eight o'clock is not breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> to Larry's Larry's old men club. Um, it's basically the Lancaster Masonic Center board and Larry. Oh, um, but anymore. but yeah, how old's Dick? Seventy five, eighty. Dick is uh, seventy four. Okay, and Dick has a master's degree in what we would call special ed today. What does his degree <clears throat> from like the sixties call it? His degree actually says mental retardation mm. on his degree, and he was saying like in his day. Like, there was any kid they didn't know what to do with, they yeah. put him in special ed. That's right. That's right. There was a deaf kid. This completely mentally fine. He just can't hear. Mm-hmm. He gets pushed into right. special ed. So, I mean, it's actually, and I'm a, I'm a ice cold soul, but I'm, I'm seeing that now. Like, as we're learning more, we're trying to not lump everybody in the one pile. Exactly. And, and and the not lumping is is the critical part because then you get the ability to get specialized help if necessary, um, and you also then can find the interests. And part of that is admitting that it's there, so then you can find what the interests are and admitting what you're, you 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 can do. Um, you know, and you started, Pete. You said earlier about you know, you know middle-aged men. There are a lot of middle-aged men who, back in the '90s and the '80s, that that diagnosis did not exist, did not get mm. help. Um, who are now saying, and and that's more or less my story. Is I got to a point a number of years ago where what I referred to as as my give a shit bucket was overfilling faster than what I had. Normally had. Now that's partially just getting older, but it was, you know, and, and I had to figure out what was causing it. And, and, and years of, of research went down this path. How old were you when you figured that out? That's a good question. I I was in my forties. Okay. I was in my forties, but I couldn't tell you an exact year. 
And, you know, my story specifically. Was it before or after I insulted you at the grotto meeting? It was before. Okay. It was Damn before. It. Um, that was. Th- was going to have an excuse but there. Act- for, but no. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, nice it's not job. insulting. The, the key, the key there though was, and the interesting part of you, you saying that was that was in a time when I was deep into the research, and I was, and you kind of alluded to one of my coping skills that I hadn't c- grasped on. So the fact that you pointed it out actually helped me because now I realize. Some of the coping skills that I, I did. win. Look there at that. Go. There it goes. There um, you're such a suck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a break and we'll come back and wrap up with Jim and we'll wrap up the show. Hello, brethren. Dutchy Duck is back with an update from my lotch, the Brogan Plaw number 377. Boy, oh boy, are the brethren happy today. Now, why, you might ask? Well, for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, we no longer have to wear our masks. That's right. At our CHU meeting, we were never so happy to look at each other's chins as we were that night. Now, I have to admit, not all of our brethren got the vaccine. Some argued that since they have their hands in various animal excrements on a daily basis, they have to be immune already. And if you ever saw some of their fingernails, you would probably believe that they were immune too. We kept it on the honor system for the evening. Reason number two. The annual motion was made seconded and passed to call off from labor for the months of July and August. As much as we love our brethren and Freemasonry, everyone needs some time away to recharge. For us in our valley, that usually means time to make hay, harvest sweet corn, and enjoy the occasional picnic and clam bake. After the meeting, we were all talking about our summer plans. Some of our brethren actually have some vacations coming up. That usually means asking each other if they could help watch the farm while they're away. A Kazutter knows no vacation. Reason number three. June's meeting is always followed up with our traditional strawberry and ice cream social. Now this is something that we take seriously. All of the strawberries come from Brother Amos Atbear's strawberry patch. He grows the sweetest and juiciest berries around. And that always reminds me of this joke. This old guy was sitting on his front porch at an intersection and an Amishman came up hauling a load of manure. And the guy on the porch said, hey buddy, what are you going to do with all that manure? And the Amishman looked at him and said, well, I'm going to put it on my strawberries. And the old guy said, that's funny, I put sugar on mine. Ha <laughs> ha. Well... We also make homemade ice cream for the evening. And when I say homemade, I ain't choking. Starting in the early afternoon, brothers take turn cranking the 1880s ice cream maker. Old Rami, as we call her, actually dates back to 1882. And our lodge has been enjoying her delicious product every June ever since. Of course, the milk we use is tugged out that morning from one of our brother's farms. I think you can start to see just how important the event is for us. All of it comes together as the literal fruits of our labor. We take pride in our ability to maintain a self-sufficient lifestyle. Jeff Bezos and Amazon are not needed in our parts to survive. (laughs) After the meeting, we all retired to our pavilion located out behind the lodge. There, as the sun was setting over the Blue Mountains, we all enjoyed each other's company delicious desserts, and we all seem to beam with pride for continuing this ever-important tradition for our lodge. 
From our lodge to yours, I wish all of you, my brethren, a very relaxing summer. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and out in the lights when you leave the room. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch language, culture, and history, please visit my website, padutch101.com, or my YouTube channel. Just search Doug Bain. So we're back with Jim Stevens. We're going to finish up this conversation about Asperger's and the craft. And Jim, you, you had some things, some points, I think, in your article that you wanted to share that somebody who is in this situation might be able to identify with and, and maybe find an opportunity within the craft to satisfy this kind of thing. So yeah, there, what, what there, is that? In the paper, I, I, I have eight points, and, and I have them here in front of me for those viewers that are watching us just because my memory doesn't work quite the way that it should in these types of situations. But um, Well, there's always a camera on us at, at, at any point in time. Uh, whether or not we know it. Uh, Bezos constantly has us under surveillance. Um, no, but seriously, uh, people uh, with Asperger's, uh, they tend to gravitate to younger or much older uh, people. Uh, there's a couple of theories as to why that is, but, but one of the ones that I kind of, of uh, found very prevalent is when you're dealing with peers of an equal age or an equal environment, um, the differences stand out. But when you're dealing with people that are, are of different ages, different backgrounds, maybe from different parts of the country. Oh, interesting. Um, the differences become those differences, not the differences caused by Asperger's. Mm -hmm. And it's no secret our craft is kind of old. And so there's there's something to fit into Lots that. Lots of opportunity there, yeah. Um, you know, Larry could have all kinds of new friends. <laughs> um, Every show. You know, as I said earlier, there's sensory issues, you know, light uh, sound, those types of things, you know, a dimly lit, quiet, good lodge room can be a comfort and, and not a distraction. Um, they tend to have, uh, people with Asperger's tend to have uh, an attachment to routines and ritual. That's almost self-explanatory. Mm. Knowing what is coming next in the meeting, what is expected is, is, is comforting. It's a relaxing place. Um, they can be attracted to foreign culture, similar to the age difference, but that foreign culture becomes now the difference, not the Asperger's. And of course, as you said, with Scottish Rite and that kind of stuff, there's all kinds of for foreign culture influences on that, but just our general history. Mm. Um, they, uh, the other part with that sensory is um, loud spaces and that kind of stuff don't work. So yeah, you, you mentioned Grotto can get loud, but General Lodge doesn't. Um, they are generally very adept at abstract thinking. Um, they can take some of the most esoteric uh, parts of our fraternity and connect those dots very quickly. They tend to go very deep in terms of their research, so they're going to have a, a, an extensive amount of, of knowledge about it. Um, they are significantly much more comfortable when they have an assigned role. Uh, in college, the example I love to talk about is in college, I always loved to be the bartender or the person at the the uh, keg. First of all, I could get all the alcohol I wanted without <laughs> having to stand in line. Second of all, I could always meet everybody in the room. But it gave me a job. If I have a job to do as opposed to I don't really know what my role is, I'm much more comfortable in the environment. So sitting in a chair or having a role or having an acknowledged place certainly gives them a foundation from which they can participate at, at their comfort level. Um, and then the last part that is, again, unlike anybody else on the, the uh, autism spectrum, they're verbal. 
so they can participate mm-hmm. and, and really participate in, in in Lodge. So those eight traits, I think, really are what lines up Asperger specifically with the fraternity and makes it you know, a win-win for both, a win for the fraternity, a win for this this man that, that can find a place that they really fit in and be very comfortable um, and contribute and, and have a good, firm foundation, you know, for their life. So Beautiful. I wanted to make sure those things were in there because I think it's important for anybody that might might be facing this. All right. Well, Jim, thank you very much. It's been certainly informative. And once again, you've just uh, given us a ton of information. Keep writing. Uh, your your first book on Lodge Secretary is one that uh, uh, I still pick up and go back and reflect on. And I'm currently working on what I what, I, what I'm lovingly referring to as a Masonic dictionary. Oh, hmm. uh, there's an idea. I'm taking some of those more esoteric words that people don't know what they are, and I'm trying to to define them and phrases. Some of the religious phrases. Threshing board. <laughs> threshing floor. Threshing floor. Threshing floor. Threshing the threshing floor. floor. If you read your Bible. Jeb, Jebusite. Incubate. Yes. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm currently I'm Catholic. We don't listen. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not saying anything that I'm not supposed to. I, ha- I have been told that that will have to get submitted to the Grand Lodge for review before it gets published just to make sure. That- now, I'm pretty sure I'm not putting anything in there that is a secret. But Well, uh, if, yeah. you, if you notice, I still have scars on my wrists <laughs> from the last time uh, mine got slapped. So anyway. Yeah, we- All right. We are going to uh, go to our uh, remote site for Walter in the News. In Masonic news today, a new variant of the COVID-19 virus has been detected. It is said to produce a severe reaction to green beans. Masons across the country are flocking to expose themselves to this version of the virus. CDC has announced that there is a vaccine for this new variant. However, the only undesirable side effect is an uncontrollable desire attend an extra meeting at your lodge. That's the Masonic news. So mode it was. Oh, no, Walter. I thought the cure was chicken pot pie. Oh, there you go. Wow. Some of your best work there, Walter. Yeah, yeah Walter. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right. Well, Jim, why don't you tell us uh, what uh, do you have coming up Masonically do in the next uh, few weeks? <laughs> huh? Do we have to? Yes, we do. <laughs> well, it's June, so there's generally not a lot going on. Yeah, so we, this should go short. We have, a, we have a, a, a district about. conferral that's that's coming up uh, that we're going to be doing some some uh, fellow craft. We've got some of our social uh, stuff going on as well. Um, and as I said, I'm working on a, a couple papers. And I actually just resubmitted to the Grand Lodge the 225th anniversary book that I edited I originally submitted in 2015, and it's still not approved, so I just resubmitted it. Uh, so hopefully that'll it'll get finalized, and I'll get that done over the summer. Mark, how about you? We have the uh, the Grand Commander's Testimonial Dinner and Awards Night, because we, we've had some awards that we haven't given out for two years because of COVID. Are you having green beans? Uh, my wife has made the statement that she will try and have a dinner that never has a green bean, but I don't know that that's going to happen. Well, There's a vaccine for that. Yeah, um, we have a vaccine. But, uh, yeah, we have that, the one-day conferral in August, and uh, Gettysburg weekend coming up the first weekend in October. So the uh, Division 11 reception and then the um, memorial service at the What do you guys do special for, uh, for the Civil War? 
Uh, that that's where we that be that Gettysburg weekend. They have the Division Eleven reception is Saturday night, and then Sunday morning uh, we march up the hill to the Friend to Friend Memorial um, and do a service up there uh, for Masons that, or I should say Knights Templar that have uh, passed for, during the year, but also to remember how that how all that happened during the Civil War too. Larry's going to roll his eyes when I ask you another commandery question, but. In your eyes, what Masons would really get the most out of commandery? Like, what would your, what would you know? What would somebody really enjoy? You know, I don't even know how to. Who's the it. ideal? Who's candidate? the ideal candidate? Because I know guys that are in it that are like way in. Like, you know, they don't get in. They get into it, and it's like the night. It becomes ninety percent of their of their Freemasonry. You know what? It's. It's just like we were saying earlier. Everybody has a niche somewhere in, in it uh, in Freemasonry. It might be the intellectual side. It might be the, the goofy side in Grotto. But some people gravitate to the York right side and, and maybe one of those three bodies. Um, some guys that were in the military might like it more because of the um, the work that we do with swords and, and just the ritual of that type of thing uh, that comes back to that. But, um, you know, it, it's – it's one of those – it's just another niche that you can get into and really enjoy. I forgot to mention that I'm senior warden in a Masonic service tomorrow. Oh, yes. Oh, let's mention that. For yeah, a yeah. What time is the Masonic service? I've read the obit a few times, but – Well, it will have been four days ago when this gets published, but it's 11 o'clock. The 11 service o'clock. is at 11. Because right, I've got medical viewing, treatment at 9 and 10. At, I can yeah. still make it. Viewing at 10. We are asking uh, you to be there 11. by 10.30 if you're going to be in – Okay, Jack, go ahead. You give us the little talk on Noel. So, yeah, this is um, – actually, Noel was a, a guest on our show uh, a, about two years ago, I think. He was talking about the uh, Warbirds um, project mm-hmm. that he was restoring a Vietnam-era uh, helicopter. Uh, and that was a project of his devotion that, that was a, just a really cool bit of, of living history. And uh, Noel passed away – uh, while actually we got the word while we were at Shrewsbury at the car show and Noel was just a terrific guy. He was, um, he was a very powerful character. Um, but he was, he was just such a dedicated Mason. Uh, it was an honor to know him. Um, he's passed away and, uh, unfortunately his condition uh, left him without employment, so he he spent through his life savings, and he's uh, in having passed away. He's he's left a financial burden uh, to the people that he left behind, and that's a really unfortunate thing. There is a GoFundMe account. If you go on the Masonic Light podcast, I'll share it on there. You'll see a link to the GoFundMe page uh, to help offset his final expenses because they are, as everyone knows, significant. And anybody that can contribute to, um, to that uh, GoFundMe is, is deeply appreciated by, I know, everybody who's a part of this podcast. And Jim, he's a past master of 43? His past master of 43. I, I was going to say, you know, the Wednesday before he passed away, he was, he was at our stated meeting. Um, and as senior warden, I'm doing my thing, going around, making sure all the officers are where they're supposed to do, be doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I walk out to the Tyler station and he's having a discussion with our Tyler. Um, he, as a past master, he was not 
I did not like how the Tyler had handled the examination of the visitor that he brought with him. Obviously, it wasn't an examination. Noel was vouching for him. But instead of just being a grumpy past master, he was teaching. He was teaching the Tyler, this is how you need to do this. This is what you need to do this. And it was just such a true Noel moment where he was not – he would tell you where you had issues, what you were doing wrong, but he never stopped there. He always said, and this is what you should do, or this is, and he was always willing to take the time to teach. And I saw he had it handled and I walked right back into lodge and knew that he had that situation completely handled. And that's the type of brother that he was. He, he cared deeply about the fraternity and cared deeply about all the, the brethren, um, and was always willing. He was, uh, that night in Lodge, there was some work that needed to be done at the Masonic Center, and he was the very first brother to stand up and volunteer to help. That's just the man he was. And he could barely walk down and he a could, flight of well, stairs. Well, he barely could, yeah. could walk down a flight of stairs, but he was going to make sure that he could help. Yeah, great. So, Jack, why don't you tell us about what else you've got going on? Um, not much, really, just... Regular lodge stuff. I'm mentoring the candidates as they come through and trying to get them excited about the craft, and that's that's my thing. We're we did not call off from labor over the summer. We usually call off from for uh, July and August, but because of uh, the, all of that we've missed in the meantime, we're going to continue to meet, even if it's just to meet and pay the bills. But we have some degree work to do and stuff like that, so we're going to just press on. So, what nights does Effort Lodge Number Six Hundred and Sixty Five meet? Uh, we meet on the second Tuesday. We have dinner at six and the meeting at seven, and we welcome guests. We we try to make our visitors uh, feel more welcome here than they are in their own lodges. Okay. Well, c- coming from a lodge that has called off from labor, I may try to make it down. Come on down. Great, Larry. How about you? What do you got coming up? <clears throat> Special meeting of Lamberton Lodge on June thirtieth. Wait, what? What's that topic going to be? You called it. Our lodge actually did call off. Is that right? The yes, right term, call correct. off from labor? Yep. yep. For Ju- did, July and August. Yet. But, <laughs> but I, I kind of think that we'll be doing a lot more than we think. <laughs> Without there is much more. to be done. Much to be done, exactly. All right. Pete, how about you? Um, okay, so first, I need to apologize to all of our listeners that we actually had two adult intelligent discussions tonight on serious topics. Um, and I commend most of us, besides Larry, on uh, treating these with respect they deserve. <laughs> um, so what do I have going on? Sometime, so this upcoming weekend, I'm supposed to be in Orlando, Florida at Supreme Grotto. Not! As president of the Pennsylvania Grotto Association, I was supposed to be introducing my friend, Marion Humphreys, and making his official nomination for captain of the guard of the Supreme Council of Grottos in North America. Somehow he thought that my voice carried some weight. Wow. Somebody tell him differently? No. uh, (laughs) Well, no. Lucky for him... My oncologist sent me to get radiation treatment. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't be there. So I, I really hope Marion does well and hope he wins the election. But if he doesn't, I know the other two men, and I have nothing to disparage them. They're both good guys. All three of them would be good for the fraternity. 
I just hope whoever doesn't win comes back next year and tries again. Uh, for me personally, we have a Cedars cookout, I think, in July. That I don't know what we're going to do. Um, How do you cook a cedar? Is I. I you put salmon on it. Put salmon yeah, on it. Oh, wet, wet that's oh, wood, got it. Put the okay. fish on it. Yeah, and other than that, I get my. Um, there it is. In the fall, in the Why fall, in here? October, we are having the Pennsylvania Grotto Association in the beautiful metropolis of Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Woo! Wow. Yeah, baby. And we will be presenting the. Uh, was it the ancient order of leaf and barley, barley. golden barley leaf? Anyway, it's going to be a whiskey and cigar degree. All right, I'm in. So I invite all of you grotto folk to come out and uh, watch us butcher a degree that we've never done before. Is it required that they be grotto folk? No, it's going to be open to all master masons. So we can take their money as well. That's the that's the goal. Huzzah! Huzzah! That's the goal. Master masons. Ma- well, even entered apprentice masons. Oh, yeah. Someone who has any intent of being a mason. <laughs> Somebody who bought a masonic <laughs> ring Somebody, at a flea market. Anybody with a pulse and twenty bucks. That's someone yeah. who gives us twenty dollars. A man of mature age <laughs> with twenty dollars. With twenty dollars. All right, got it. All right, worshipful Master Josh. Uh, uh, apparently, we have a special meeting. Yes, I, we do. I have no idea. I haven't heard. Did anything you bring about me? It. Back in the lodge, just in time to like throw. That's why they're the having the meeting to vote on your your, right, your application. Your petition. I don't know that we can vote on it. At the, we can't vote on unless it's stated. Unless it's stated. That's right. Discuss if you well, you read the papers like Gabe, you'd see that. Well, no. Am <laughs> I allowed to discuss <laughs> things as a Christiana Lodge Mason? <laughs> oh my God! No, no. no. We have to vote no. on the. Can fruit. I sit in the back and give everybody hand signals? You know, further evidence masons don't rule the world. Right. It will require a vote to discuss with them. Yes, we have to vote on that. Well, I know that. I'm talking about Pete. Oh. So what else you got going on masonically, Josh? Uh, <laughs> now that you're on camera, nothing. Trying to figure out what Larry's talking about. Okay. Well, as usual, um, after you know, let us know. After further review. Um, <laughs> The uh, video booth has confirmed that, once again, Larry doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Anyhow, so a couple of things I want to call attention to. One is um, actually the Pennsylvania um, Research Lodge will be meeting uh, on the 26th. Say that. Conshohocken. Conshohocken. It's a non-Pennsylvania. I can never you say that You watched word. American Bandstand. It's a Native American word. You didn't know like like tough Kenemans. Exactly. Learn so, it. Anyway, Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. Not tokenomics. They're meeting tough there. Um, the only other thing I want to call attention to is on Saturday, July the 10th, uh, Shrewsbury Lodge that we've spoken of a couple oh of times. Oh, my God. Are they a sponsor? They Well, they're they're going to be. <laughs> they better be. Uh, they're having their crab feast, and they asked me to announce that uh, that is open. crab? We, we might. I don't know. It's $45 a person. I got crabs in Shrewsbury. You can um, go to their website to sign up. They would like to have a count ahead of time. Um, and the only other thing I will say is that on... 24th of July, Eureka West Shore Lodge is having a family picnic that everyone is invited to. I didn't interrupt you guys. I had two. I had two things. 
Special thanks to Everett Lodge 665 for continuing to make this studio possible. Uh, thanks to Josh Lamberton, our producer and director. Uh, you know what he does. I don't have to say this every show. Um, thanks to Jack Harley, who continues to impersonate Walmart Crawford. <laughs> Tim Dedman for marketing. And let me tell you, Tim's starting to do some good work now. He really is. Uh, that live streaming was huge. <coughs> to our Sonic Light contributors, Michelle Snyder and Doug Madden for I just and sometimes Tim Stevens. Uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Well, he hasn't done anything lately. Well, he's on the show. What have you done for us lately? He yeah. gave us an hour. He gave us an hour. I just want to know that at the grotto picnic, I had the pleasure of sitting aside of Alan Moyer. And Alan found out that I was from Pottsville. And he talked to me about the Molly Maguires. And it was just on Monday, I think it was, was the anniversary of the execution of the Molly Maguires in Schuylkill County. Were you there? No, but I was... I, I heard this about report. You read this report? Yeah, so, no, anyway, Jim's... Uh, uh, Alan said that one of the guys, one of the Molly Maguires that was executed was complaining to the hangman on the scaffold. He says, you know, he said... Oh, this not, this not this one. Not this joke. Have not you heard this one, one before? Not this, not this one. This... Oh, come Go on. Go for it. Go, Go for, for it. it. Oh, jeez. Well, this is Alan Moyer's fault. Alan, wherever you are, I know you're at the beach. <laughs> Suck it up. So anyway, the, the, the Molly that was about to be executed was complaining about the fact that it was the Masons who got him, right? The judge was a Mason. The cops were Masons. The cops were Masons. The prosecutor was a Mason. The Se of Seven of the 12 jurors were Masons. He's complaining. So the he's hangman complaining, said, he's complaining to the hangman. So the hangman said, okay, it's time to do it. Take your left foot and step forward. No! Take a, oh, oh, take a step forward with your left foot. <laughs> Anyway, what can I say? I tried, Bye, to, everybody. Uh, tried to recall from All memory. Right. This is Larry Maris. Thanks for listening. Does somebody mentor him? Thank you, Cuff. All right. So long, everyone. Bye.